Welcome to the Show Me Institute podcast. I'm Zach Lawhorn from Show Me Opportunity, and today I'm joined by Elias Chapellis, David Stokes, and Susan Pendergrass from Show Me Institute. It is the Monday after the Missouri legislative session has ended. The dust has settled. Um, Susan, uh, I don't know if we want to go one out of five stars, one out of ten stars. I don't know. Um, just uh, maybe let's go with a grade. How would you grade this legislative session uh, this Monday after it's ended? No stars. It's an F. Uh, I guess dust settled. I don't think it ever got really stirred up too much this session. It's like, uh, you know, we don't need no education down in Jefferson City. Um, There were, you know, there was a lot of talk before the session started, and I've been on this podcast discussing this, that finally, like every state around us, um, except for Illinois, parents in Missouri were going to be able to choose to send their child to a school outside their assigned school, either a different school in their district or a school in a different district. And it was pretty tepid. It was like not mandatory and no more than 3% of enrollment could go. And you could deny a child a seat if you if you claim not to have capacity. It, you know, it wasn't the strongest, but we were finally going to join the 42 other states that have open enrollment. And, um, that is what I was told all through the session. The legislators were making their number one priority. It didn't happen. And it got to the end and they're like, well, we'll try maybe through this virtual education bill because they passed a virtual law a couple of years ago saying that students who want to um, attend school virtually, their district pays the tuition at one of the accredited virtual schools that DESE accredits. Uh, that law has had to be fixed once and they needed to tweak it a little bit more again because it still is hard for kids to enroll and they didn't even do that. And they were going to maybe get open enrollment through that. But in the end, there was so much, uh, so many personality conflicts in the Senate and so much posturing to see who could be, in my opinion, the most conservative, that things got filibustered, things got stuck and they did nothing. They did nothing for teachers. They did nothing for families. They did nothing for virtual students. They did nothing for kids who go to schools uh, where they live and the schools aren't working for them. They basically just did nothing. And thinking back to podcasts that we <laughs> recorded in January, the beginning of the session, whether it was you or James, um, I asked how optimistic people were feeling about uh, getting stuff done in education. And both of you throughout the session said, I don't know, I feel pretty good. Like it, it, it really seemed like that there was some momentum there. Uh, two weeks ago, James was on the podcast and I said, there's momentum all around the country. Um, yeah. Are you feeling pretty good about it? And now, it's, I mean, you know, we'll, the pity party will be uh, short lived and then we'll get back to work. But I don't know. How are you feeling about the momentum right now? Is there kind of a defeatist attitude? Yeah, so there was there has been momentum all across the country and all of our neighbors. Iowa had big changes, Kansas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, I mean, all, you know, all our neighbors and then to a bunch of other states, West Virginia, Utah, Arizona. It was the year to open schools up and give parents more choices everywhere but Missouri. And I think we have to have our tail between our legs a little bit. We've got to be a little embarrassed for the fact that uh, we let personnel. No, we hire, we hire, we elect these people to go to Jefferson City. And I don't want them to be able to get too much done because I prefer when government does little to when it does a lot. But they are paid money they spend a ton of money they take six months out of every 12 to go down and deliberate and to think that those people couldn't get something done because within the 30 or so senators they couldn't get along to me is like it's a broken government 
and we can we can try to replace them but as you know uh, many of them are running for higher office and they use it as a stage to try to promote themselves and i just didn't feel this is my opinion that they were putting the uh, interest of Missouri or Missourians first. I felt like they were putting their own interests first. And it was a very frustrating thing to watch the last couple of weeks when they filibustered and when, you know, one senator did not want a landfill in his district. I think that was in the Senate, could have been the House, but just filibustered and filibustered. And so it became like these individual needs over the really the needs of the state. I'm just going to say it again. I've said it on this podcast many times. We have declining enrollment. We have fewer kids now than we had 10 years ago. We have sharply declining uh, performance, like a quarter of our students are proficient in math. Three quarters are not. We have some real dire situations here. We know new data came out from Stanford this week on growth or lack of growth decline between 19 to 2019 and 2022 sort of like how much is the learning loss from the pandemic and it's big it's over a year and you can't catch back up even going learning at the same rate that you used to learn these kids have to be learning at faster rates i mean it's a very dire situation and uh the fact that the legislature decided to just sit it out punt from you know on second down i just can't believe that they just didn't do anything it's just hard for me to get my head around they had six months and so now pre-filing starts in december so things will ramp up around then but um i don't know uh just run it back i guess next i know it's like mike Mike mcshane my colleague um says it's like you know lucy and the football it's Mm. just like I'm Charlie Brown. I keep running at it. I really started this legislative session thinking we are going to get a big win. Open enrollment would have been a big win. We did pass a decent ESA bill the year before. It's very tiny. Only a few thousand kids can participate in the program. But I really thought we were going to get a win for the fit. Not not every Missouri family needs open enrollment. It's the ones whose kids are not doing well. It's the ones whose kids are in a bad fit. And that is probably a relatively small percentage of kids. But those kids were going to get an option. And it's just like they Lucy just pulled the football up again. All right. Well, Elias, let's talk about some things that did get done. Um, first, they had the one thing they had to do was pass the budget. It's $50 billion, biggest budget in state history. Um, what do you think about uh, that part? Well, I know Susan's upset the legislature didn't get uh, didn't get anything done on education, but in the front where the legislature did accomplish things, I actually think most of what they did accomplish was pretty bad. So I would have been uh, happier if maybe some of these things didn't happen. So in the budget, uh, as you mentioned, the biggest in state history, we're talking over $50 billion being spent. Uh, but across the legislation that did pass outside of the budget, you're talking about just major, major uh, future spending obligations. So the state's going to be investing multiple billion dollars into I-70, you know, some on both sides of whether, you know, they think that's a good idea. But the legislature also expanded the state's Medicaid program again. They adopted a new transitional benefit program for welfare recipients. And then they, uh, you know, got back on their old addiction of um, economic development tax credits. So the film tax credit after a decade of being gone is back. Uh, the there's this new entertainment industry tax credit for this company out in uh, Chesterfield. And so outside of just spending all this money from the federal government and uh, state revenues, there's now going to be uh, 
hundreds of millions, if not billions of future dollars coming in based off the legislation that was passed. So it was, it was a, uh, in a lot of ways, the legislature took kind of the easy way out. It's much easier to spend money than it is to find ways to uh, shrink the size of government and kind of turn Missouri's economic prospects around. And so I think overall, at least in my, in my opinion, this was a very, very disappointing uh, legislative session. It's hard to stress just how terrible the, the film tax credit and entertainment tax credit legislation is. I mean, this new entertainment tax credit is for one company. The one company that just opened in Chesterfield a year or two ago. And the moment they opened, they were just, they proudly announced. And the next thing we need is a big state tax credit. As if, as if it's the role of taxpayers in Missouri to subsidize a performance venue for bands. I mean, this is absurd. And in the case of the film tax credit, this is probably the most studied type of tax credit certainly one of the most studied because of the high-profile nature of it. So we know it doesn't work. It didn't work when Missouri had it before. It didn't work. It doesn't work in other states. And by doesn't work, we mean it does not generate the type of economic activity to, to pay for itself. It's just a subsidy. It's just a subsidy. And why the film and television industry deserves a subsidy over any other type of industry is, a, is terrible. So a couple just... They're not... Gigantic sums of money, I guess, is the only, it's not even a defense, but it's still these tax credits are just awful legislation. And they're, they're, they're tied together in that they are just this general trend of the legislature just not doing a very good job on uh, policymaking on these fronts. I mean, there were no tax cuts um, that got really even very close to passing. The House passed the tax cut bill, I think we talked about on this podcast, lowering the state's income tax, the corporate income tax. Those did not even receive a hearing in the Senate. And so you're looking at, you know, instead of lowering the tax burden for, you know, every Missourian, you're looking at lowering the tax burden for some company in Chesterfield and Hollywood movie companies. And you're, you know, there's a chance that some childcare provider um, homeowners or business owners of some sort could get a tax cut down the line. But there was not there was not any sort of real effort to lower taxes for everyone. And then on the other side, you're looking at just raising the cost of um, government. And so you're looking at a potential higher tax burden for Missourians in the future. And I just think that was just not a very serious attempt from the legislature to try to, you know, kind of legislate what they said they believed before the session started. Well, and one thing that you said in there was not even close. And that's something talking to edu- about education with Susan. That is something that struck me about the last two weeks, 10 days of the session is that for education, the open enrollment bill passed in the house in February or something. And then just in the Senate, not, I mean, not even close. It was, just, and then with the um, tax reform, income tax, corporate income tax, not even close. Are you surprised at how bad this legislative session went? Well, in one way, I'm not surprised because I, I said early in the session, you know, it, it's really risky when the government has access to so much money. And so there was so much federal money coming in that I was really worried that, you know, instead of because we talked about the differences of, you know, personalities in the Senate, um, when there when there's so many areas of uh, difference, the easiest thing to do is just to give out more money. And that's possibly the worst thing for taxpayers. And so. I guess I'm not surprised in that I thought the legislature might go down the easy path of spending more money. But what did surprise me was just how little appetite there was 
for really improving Missouri's tax landscape. I mean, at a time where revenues are so high, uh, to not even get a hearing for a tax cut, I mean, I would assume almost every single person that is in the Senate, you know, ran on the idea of lowering uh, taxes for Missourians. And, you know, they passed these tax credits. And so, you know, the theory behind the idea that these tax credits could improve the economic condition of the state would be that for these industries, the reason they're not here already is that their taxes are too high. So if their taxes are too high for these businesses, I would say that they're probably too high for Missourians. And I can't believe that, you know, they didn't go down that path. And I I certainly hope that, um, you know, next year we can kind of return to that. I mean, we did get a tax cut last year, but I I don't know. Some of the things that held up the legislature this year, I'm I'm worried those same trends will be around going forward. David, how are you feeling? Terra Riffus Repressa. Land banks have been stopped. If you're looking for good news out of the session, that's I'll put that at the top of the list. So I would probably grade the session a C because they didn't pass land banks, which to the average person might not mean much, but it really was a terrible, terrible legislative proposal, strongly backed by the realtors and the city of Springfield and other, I don't know why in either case, uh, I would propose they don't know what they're talking about, but but uh, to expand land banks from just St. Louis and Kansas City, where they have been denizens of bribery, cronyism, and favoritism, and I don't use the word bribery lightly, there are several former elected officials in jail for bribery charges related to the St. Louis Land Bank. Similar issues of cronyism and favoritism in Kansas City. So we stopped that. It came much, much closer than it ever should have. It actually passed the House, passed out of a Senate committee, but didn't get much. Got jammed up at the Senate in the last week, as many things did. In this case, that's a a wonderful thing. And there were a few state senators who I know were – we're looking forward to opposing it on the floor if it came up at all. So, so that was the good news. You know, there was a few property tax things passed that I think were were negative. Uh, the the exemption for childcare facilities from property tax rolls I think is a terrible idea. Many of these childcare facilities are for profit companies. It's why why are we making for profit companies tax tax exempt? Again, just like. Income taxes and tax credits, if property taxes are too high, then lower them for everybody, not just one type of one type of business. Uh, so that was a bad idea that unfortunately passed. Hopefully the governor will veto it. I don't expect that, but that would be great. And there's then the, the question we have here at Chomi Institute is SB 190, which is a tax cut for income taxes and that you can Elias can explain this better than I, but Social Security taxes are going to be exempt for now all Missouri seniors, not just some. And from my perspective of local government, it says that senior county pro- senior property taxes are frozen now, and they get a tax credit for an increase of it once you turn 65. But as, you, as I read the bill, it only applies to county property taxes, not city property taxes, not fire district property taxes, and most importantly, not school district property taxes. So if I'm reading that correct, and I think I am, if counties choose to adopt what's now allowed under this bill, it doesn't mandate it, it just allows it, and they freeze the county property tax for for seniors, I I don't think that's a a good policy to start with, but it would be a fairly fairly minor impact. That's, That's not a whole lot of money 
because county property taxes tend to be just a, a small part of your overall property tax bill. So again, land banks were stopped, so I'm probably happier about the session than I, than I should be, and we get to have the fight again next year. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. I mean, I'll let you have your moment um, of stopping land banks for now, but do you think there'll be a push next session too early to tell, maybe, we'll, for land banks? I think there will be. I mean, there's these, these interest groups that get paid to push things like this. Why there's As long as somebody's still willing to pay them to push it, why would they stop? So it's a terrible idea. It's the last thing Springfield needs. It's the last thing any other place in Missouri needs. And hopefully Willie can stop it again next year. Even better, hopefully the people who keep pushing it will read the testimony we provided, see the documented history of malfeasance along with land banks, and change their mind. All right. Well, well, we want to be constructive here at the Show Me Institute podcast. So, um, Susan, now we kind of go into the quiet period, the quieter period. Um, and I know you're working on updates for MoSchoolRankings.org. But what are some of the things that over the next few months for getting ready for the 2024 session, what are some of the things that you're going to be thinking about? Um, there are some legislatures throughout the rest of the country that are still in session. And so there might be some other school choice wins across the country. But how, how do you spend this time as someone who studies education policy? So I think what I want to do between now and the next session is put together what we think uh, at the Show Me Institute would be good legislation for Missouri families related to education. And um, it could cover a variety of areas, whether it includes having multiple communities across the state have access to a charter school, if they would like to have one open in their community, or open enrollment or um, expansion of the ESA program. We might be putting together some model legislations to see if these people who are running for higher office, if the the folks who are running for higher office are willing to commit to really doing their best to do um, good things for Missouri families. And I think that's going to be important to get people on the record before they get to the legislature and start fighting amongst themselves. We also are going to be, like you just said, updating the school report card side of the Most School Rankings website, as well as the finance side of the Most School Rankings website. And uh, we'll be waiting for test scores coming out in the fall to see um, how Missouri students are are, are doing. And, um, you know, I just hope that I feel like, you know, regardless of the work we do, sometimes it all just falls apart in two weeks. So I'd like to set up a stronger foundation going into the next legislative session to see if we can get folks to commit to doing um, work first and having personality conflicts later. And Elias, you spent the last few months closely tracking the budget process, but now that it's approved, they actually start spending the money. There's some um, really big ticket items in this year's budget, a lot of uh, infrastructure work, widening Highway 70, there's a, a, some Medicaid components. What are some of the things over the next few weeks, months, that as this money gets spent, what will you be looking at? Well, before it's even spent, I need to figure out exactly where everything is even going. Uh, so we have some you know, broad stroke ideas of what's going to be happening with this budget, but the next uh, couple months is really figuring out where it's going and then seeing what uh, layers of accountability are there. Uh, there was an article, I think, on Friday that there was a potential loan for a smelting company in the budget, which may just be unconstitutional. So we um, are going to have to look into that a little bit more. And then, you know, as always, there's all this federal money 
need to be sure they're spending it in the right way. And there's still more of that for the next couple of years. So we're going to be, you know, tracking that. And then, um, with the transitional, uh, welfare program that I was talking about earlier, along with this Medicaid expansion, those have large federal components. And so the state is going to be starting their process of getting federal approval for changing these programs. And there's uh, this is definitely an issue where the devil is in the details. We need to see how the state's going to try to roll this thing out, because if they don't do it correctly, all of the cost is going to fall on state taxpayers. And that will be a major, 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 major expense and a problem. And so we'll be keeping an eye on it. And uh, hopefully, hopefully by next year, we can have a better idea of what's going on and maybe we can get some uh, better legislation on on these fronts. And David, you follow uh, municipal policy primarily, so there's no off-season for you. No no off-season. I'm like, what's the, like a pro golfer that never stops because the tour tour never ends really. Um, The the smelter thing is really interesting because it's, you know, most of the tax credits and tax subsidies and tax incentives in Missouri, they're all designed in a way to get around laws that say you can't do such things. I mean, we have laws that say taxes have to be equal for everybody, you know, no special deals. So they design TIF and tax credits and all that to to get around the other laws that say you can't do that. It's it's infuriating. But here on the smelter one, they apparently didn't bother trying to get around the existing laws saying you can't give tax money to private businesses. They just said, well, we're going to give tax money to a private smelter operation. And well, who knew, who knew that's not illegal and, and thank God it isn't. So that's going to be interesting to, to follow, but right. It's a reassessment year and it's going to be a particularly interesting reassessment year. I think it's going to be like 2001 in St. Louis County with the drive-by assessment scandal, 2019 in Jackson County where the assessment sort of went nuts in that part of of Kansas City uh, four years ago. Uh, People saw their home values increase dramatically the last two years. And so people are getting whacked by those assessments now. But the other shoe's going to drop. And the other shoe that's going to drop at the end of summer or beginning of fall is, is when is when taxing bodies set their tax rates for 2023. And in theory, large assessment increases can be offset by tax rate reductions that, that don't lead to giant tax increases for everybody. But I think that because you're allowed to include inflation in the calculations governments make to set their rates, and inflation has been so high for the past two years, as we all know, we're going to have large assessment increases potentially combined with tiny to minuscule to non-existent tax rate rollbacks. And so come late October, November, I really do think people are going to be just stunned by the size of the tax bills they get. And most people can, everyone I think, can go online now probably if they haven't gotten their physical uh, assessment notice in the mail, they can go online and find it there and see uh, how big their increase is. I don't, I don't know for sure that every assessor in the county, in the state of Missouri, has an online system yet. I would say almost every assessor does. There's probably some really small rural counties where it's not all online yet. But, uh, but yes, for the vast majority of Missourians, you can go to your county assessor's website and check your assessment, even if you haven't gotten it in the mail yet. All right. And consider appealing. If you think it's too high, can consider appealing because as of right now, that's your main your main defense. All right. Well, um, we've already kind of done the uh, what everyone is keeping tabs on really for the next few months. So, David, yeah. Indep- independence considering privatizing its uh, electrical utility is big news and would be a, it would be an enormous decision around the state. 
and we're uh, an independence such a lot of listeners in independence so we're, we're big in independence big in independence um okay well susan david and elias thank you very much as always plenty more at showmeinstitute.org and we'll talk to you soon